Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Best of the West. I am Jake Brown here with Kenji Ito. It is one o'clock on a Wednesday. We got NFL games this weekend. Let's talk NFC West as we do every single week on the show. Kenji, what do you got for us? So I think the 49ers are the most interesting so far this season. So let's talk about them first. So obviously, every NFL watcher saw Trey Lance get injured and Jimmy Garoppolo comes in as he's the backup. So like, how does this like really affect the targets for receivers as the receivers have been really struggling since Lance is more of a struggling quarterback? Well, I think people before Lance got injured, I think people were jumping on the bench Trey Lance uh, bandwagon really early. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that was only his third start of his career. Yeah, like third or fourth star of his career. And he wasn't terrible. Like he was actually pretty solid the first half. Um, He just just panicked a little bit, but I mean, like that kind of comes around when you're kind of like getting your feet wet in the, in the NFL system, but Mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah. Then what I think people forget is that Jimmy G's took this Niners team to the NFC championship last year. Mm -hmm. And then a few years ago, Jimmy G took them to the freaking Super Bowl. Yeah. So, exactly. uh, so I think the Niners are might actually be better um, under Jimmy G, especially because him and Debo have that connection yep. that was set last year, and that would vastly help my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, same here. I think you know he he's an all right quarterback, and we talked about him in the past. But I think this that the offense is going to start get rolling, and fantasy numbers for Ayuk. Uh, Jeff Wilson and Debo Samuel are obviously going to go up. But speaking of Jeff Wilson, there's another running back that's probably his friend. He's going to miss a couple of weeks. Tyrion Davis-Price, who is probably like the third string running back on the 49ers. So, like, are the 49ers going to, like, pass more since they only have, like, one reliable option for them? I think they will. And Mm -hmm. Jimmy G is a pocket passer. He is not going to be scrambled. He's not Kyler Murray. Yeah, he's not Russell Wilson. He's not, you know, he's it's it. The passing game is going to be what's going to work out for this Niners team, especially with that offensive line. Yeah. Keep, keeping Jimmy G in the pocket, making sure he's not going to throw deep. He's a checkdown uh, quarterback, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just really need to rely on Debo and Ayuk to be able to provide some offense uh, whenever they have the ball. Yeah, and also Kittle is hurt, so I mean, exactly, that's huge. Like he's probably like the second best tight end in the NFL, and you know it's kind of a safety target to Jimmy G. But yeah, I think if you only have Jeff Wilson as your like active as an active running back currently, I think that like you know players get tired, they need to get subbed out, so they're probably gonna like rely more on passing to Debo, maybe using Debo as a running back as they already have in the season. Um, yeah, but, make sure you sub out Gerald Everett when he says he's tired. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that. That was that was interesting for sure. But moving to the defensive side of the ball, uh, Telanoa Hufanga has been a home run player for the 49ers defense so far in the season through two weeks. Actually, uh, we're going into week three. He has one interception, three pass deflections, and 17 total tackles. Really impressive. So, like, is he, like, a good replacement for Jaquiski Tart, you think? Well, I think 
you know, Niners are Niners fans are always going to remember Jaquisti Tart for the guy mm-hmm. who drops the interception that would have sent them to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, which is really unfortunate because Jaquisti Tart he's, historically he's was player. yeah, he was a good player. Um, I don't know much about Talanoa Hafunga. Uh yeah. he he has had a pretty solid start to the season. Yeah. And he will he could be a really key piece to that secondary because yeah. the Niners don't have the greatest yeah. secondary in the league. Yeah. They have some great defensive linemen, mm-hmm. but uh the secondary is just not as good as the uh, as it was last year. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And like I think that he is a good replacement just based off the stat stat line. And plus like Kufanga is also the player in the divisional round against the Packers that made that like touchdown after that block punt. So right. like he already has some NFL experience, I think, which is good. Um, but I think he's he's going to be a great player is because the 49ers have always been known for producing really good safeties. Like one that just comes up on the top of my head is obviously Ronnie Lott, hard oh, yeah, a ball hawk. And then Jimmy Ward, he's the exact same type player. Jaquiski Tart for a while, he was the exact same. So I think it's just kind of a like a like a timeline, and they're just like passing one generation down to the other. Yeah, and hopefully for the 49ers' sake that that um, will continue because yeah. they really need um, some uh, secondary players to perform well. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they had one of the greatest comebacks in um, their regular season history uh, last weekend against the Oakland or excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, James Conner though, uh, running back um, is day to day with an ankle injury. Uh, He is one of the better players on the team. Um, How is this going to affect uh, the team? Cause he is specifically used as the red zone um, touchdown running back, kind of like a fullback almost. Um, when uh, the Cardinals are in the red zone, when Kyler Murray's not dancing around the Raiders' defense. Yeah, honestly, I think that it's going to really affect the Cardinals because, like, first of all, you paid him all this money. I think he was worth the contract deal. Um, And like you said, he's a big, like, red zone threat. You know, you give him the ball, he's going to pull those through. So, like, their red zone opportunities are really going to, like, like, decrease you know you kind of you kind of have to think about hey we're uh as the cardinals you have to like pass at the 15 yard line and hope you can score right because he's not that option at the one yard line and plus james connor is also like the spark plug of the team he gives the offense like confidence and i you can see that through like film mic'd up which the nfl does so i think i think this is this is a big loss but not as big as deandre Hopkins. Yeah, um, DeAndre Hopkins, he's out for another four weeks, mm-hmm. under these, uh, including this week, of course. He won't be back until week seven. Um, but um, Kyler Murray uh, has needed to carry the team by himself, um, and obviously he cannot help the defense. How is, uh, what has the Cardinals' offense looked like without D-Hop so far? Have you been impressed or have you been kind of underwhelmed? I think, I think I've been underwhelmed because of the receivers they already have. You know, they got Marquise Brown in uh, during draft night. He wasn't drafted, obviously, but he was traded during draft night. You got Ronald Moore, who's kind of 
who's kind of dealing with some injury him, injuries himself. Um, but like what I've seen in these couple of Cardinals games is that he basically has to carry that team by himself. Like, like you said, like he can't help the defense, obviously, but like he needs to make the most perfect throws possible as he can. And he needs to run if there's no one open and just take it, you know, you have to slide when someone's coming at you at like 20 miles an hour. But I mean, he basically has the whole team on his back. Yeah, and he pretty much carried that um, mm-hmm. offense in the second half to complete that comeback. Of course, the defense had a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. Although Byron Maxwell really scared me um, when he reached the end zone and threw the oh, ball away. Oh, yeah. Byron, Byron Murphy. Yeah. Byron Murphy, not I mean, Maxwell. Murphy. Yeah. yeah. That, that was pretty scary. I saw the replay, and I'm like, oh, did he, did he cross? Or... The thing is that the announcers never even – like, they never mentioned it. They never mentioned it. They thought yeah. they were just wondering if, if they were reviewing whether or not it was a fumble or not, not whether or not uh, yeah. Murphy threw the ball away or not. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty confusing at that point. But, like, what an amazing comeback by the Cardinals, though. Shout out to our friend uh, Jacob Jones, yeah. who appeared on um, the Cardinals' social media page. And 12 News. And 12 News. Yeah. He, he was told that he was the um, – forget which of the um, hosts um, said this, but said that he was his favorite of the video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, what, what a, yeah. what a comeback, man. Yeah. And but, what a reaction from our good friend. What a reaction from uh, the Jacob Jones of yeah. the Valley Variety. Yeah. But yeah, yeah were, <laughs> I was at my, um, I was at my grandparents' house watching it. My, um, Grandpa and my uncle are huge Raiders fans. Oh, okay. And I remember when the Raiders were up like 20 to 3 or whatever it was, um, my grandpa says, oh, the Raiders are going to find some way to lose. Oh, geez. He jinxed it. Just, he, just in time. Well, he's, he's it is mid-70s. He's watched the Raiders do this oh, yeah. so, so many times. Yeah, so it's, I, I was like, well, as um as my family likes to say, because they're Washington State um, Cougar alumni, uh, they cooped it. So. They cooped it, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but it was really funny. The the Raiders fan who um who was like celebrating uh, when they were up like twenty in the third. Yeah, it, it's like uh, don't pop the bottles yet. Game's not over. Yeah, it's not it's not over until the fat lady sings. You know, like famous famous uh. Broadway, Broadway saying. Yes. What did? What do you think? Um, we didn't write this in the script. What do you think about the um, Las Vegas Police Department um, investigating a fan striking Kyler Murray in the face after he scored that two point conversion? Yeah. So when I when I saw that, I I didn't really see anything. Like I kind of just read the tweet and I'm like, oh, this. It sounds pretty bad. You know, it's a high-profile player and it's some random fan that's hitting him. So I necessarily didn't say anything, but I, I, th- I think it's a good investigation because, you know, the the NFL and the Players Association are trying to protect all the players at all costs. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh, my bad. No, go ahead. Yeah, but – and you obviously see this outside of the game and inside the game like you know they've changed so many rules in the nfl like hey no targeting that was a rule implicated a long time ago uh no like 
trying not to hit below the knees because you don't want to take someone's leg out. Like, so I, I think it's right because, you know, these guys don't play football forever and they want to protect them at all costs. Yeah, but this isn't like a 300-pound guy tackling you. Yeah. This is just a random... Random fan. Random fan who just slapped him in the face. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, yeah. And I've heard the argument that Kyler shouldn't have been celebrating with um, opposing fans or mm-hmm. in an opposing stadium yeah. uh, with opposing fans because, you know, a Raiders fan right there could you know, do whatever. Yeah. But it, it, there's other ways to troll players. Yeah. You don't have to hit them. Yeah, it, exactly. You can it, say I'm not, or something. I'm not advocating for, um, you know, uh, booing players or, like, showing them a certain uh, gesture uh, that I will not um, say on air. Um, but there's just other ways to experience to express your frustration that doesn't lead to yeah. a possible lawsuit yeah you or, or you a possible go to twitter <laughs> exactly go to twitter it's like oh kyler murray has to do all this he can't read a defense he has to yeah. he can't throw the ball he only has to run or whatever whatever people say oh you're so short you're um you're uh shorter than your listed height or whatever there's so many jokes that you can or yeah. troll that you can make that doesn't involve striking a player in the face. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, let's move on to the defending Super Bowl champions, uh, Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. So our, our first topic is very interesting because we talked about this in, in our last week's episode about the running back room. But Sean McVay said recently, and this was sourced by ESPN, he says he wants more urgency from Cam Akers. So, like... I think the word urgency is kind of a weird term. Like, like more production might make more sense, but like, what necessarily does this mean? I think what Sean McVay means is that um, Cam Akers needs to take the initiative. He needs mm-hmm. to be more um, proactive in his running game. Yeah. I mean, running backs all over the NFL have not been performing well this year, yeah. at least fantasy-wise. Um, but it's just been uh, really frustrating to get a run game going, especially when you're splitting backs with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. Where Daryl Henderson, he's a solid back himself. Yeah. Um, but Cam Akers, if he really wants to get more carries than Henderson, he's going to have to perform better. And he just mm-hmm. hasn't been – it just seems like he's getting stuffed every single time he's running up the gut. Yeah, exactly. And, like – I, I think this totally makes sense because there's obviously a struggle in the running back room. But also at the same time, it doesn't make any sense. Because, like, if you want more urgency from Cam Akers, why don't you play him more? Why don't you give him more touches, right? Obviously, that running back room is split between Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers. So, and I've never seen a headline recently about Daryl Henderson. So, like, it's kind of like, why bring this up about Cam Akers if, if like, you don't even, like, give him the ball. Like, majority of the time, Cam Akers gets, like, 50 yards, and, like, Daryl Henderson gets over, like, 70, you know? So, like, in my opinion, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, you know, you, I'm trying to pull up some stats to mm-hmm. compare 
um, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson this season. Um, so far this year, Daryl Henderson, he's averaging 4.1 yards per carry, 94 uh, yards in 23 attempts and a touchdown. Yeah. Cam Akers, on the other hand, is averaging 2.4 yards per carry, 44 yards in just in 18 attempts and zero touchdowns. Yeah. And Henderson has been a lot, lot more productive than Akers has. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think every NFL fan can agree. But also, you're not, in a way, if you're splitting a backfield as well with two like kind of underrated guys, you're not boosting their confidence in any way. Like, just imagine Daryl Henderson has an amazing game, like over 150 yards. Just imagine, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, you know, we're just going to bench you. Not because we're trying to protect you for, from getting injured. We're just going to put Cam Akers in to just get some more yards. Or something. Well, just, so far that hasn't happened. But yeah, so far that hasn't happened, but just imagine it did. Uh, well, I'm not going to say it has, but mm -hmm. I will say that Cam Akers, I think that they're trying to make sure that Cam Akers doesn't get injured again. Yeah. Um, even though he had a fantastic postseason performance last year, part of one of the big reasons why they won it all. Yeah, um, exactly. But, you know, with Matthew Stafford having trouble uh, throwing the ball accurately this year, they really need a run game. Yeah. And when Allen Robinson, when he's not throwing to Allen Robinson or Van Jeff, well, Van Jefferson's hurt or yeah. Ben Skronik or whoever who's not Cooper Cup, yeah. it's just been really bizarre to see how weird Matthew Stafford's first yeah. two weeks have been, especially that first week. Yeah, it's been definitely interesting. But, like, honestly, and I'm not doing this just for the memes, but, like, I, I'm saying this as, like, a dot, like, a true NFL fan. It's, like, for you to have offensive success, you gotta have the running game go well and the passing game go well. Right. Right. So, but our second random topic is kind of what you just brought up a a moment ago, so there was a blowout in week one against the Buffalo Bills. And the Falcons almost came back in week two. I think they put up 17 points in the fourth quarter. So, like, what necessarily did the Rams need to change offensively and defensively? Well, they really got bailed out um, by uh, Jalen Ramsey making a spectacular catch. Spectacular catch. Yeah. It just absolutely mossing um, Drake London. Was it Drake London? Uh, it, no, it was, it was like 80 something. I don't think it wasn't Frank Darby, ASU legend, but yes. it, it was 80 something because I know Drake London wears number five. Okay. But anyway, whoever it was just absolutely mossed him. Mm -hmm. And, um, outside of that, the defense hasn't really been existing. I mean, yeah, especially that defensive line. It, Aaron Donald has just kind of been silent the first two weeks. Yeah, he hasn't really gotten any, like, pressure, like, whatsoever. I mean, it really shows how Von Miller affected that defense. Because mm -hmm. Von Miller is doing great things over in Buffalo right now, at least in the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. Because Buffalo's arguably one of, if not the best team in the NFL. Yeah. Next to the Chiefs. Yeah. Maybe the most complete team. But the... The Rams have just been so confusing. I don't know what to think of them right now because they get blown out by the best team in football or one of the best teams in football, whatever you want to say. Super Bowl contenders. Um, 
and then they the they almost have a comeback against or almost blow it against the Falcons. They almost yeah. pull a Falcons against the Falcons. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's going to be it's going to be really telling what's going to happen in this next weekend against the Cardinals because mm-hmm. that Cardinals team proved that they can be competitive against a playoff contender team like the Raiders. Because the Raiders' offense was solid last weekend. Yeah, it, Derek Carr was on the money. Was on the money. Yeah, Hunter Renfro was not. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm on my fantasy team and he got benched. Yeah, but yeah, it, it it's just been so exhausting trying to follow the Los Angeles Rams the first two weeks. Yeah, I I definitely agree. And I'm just gonna add one final remark. It's like, and I'm gonna go both sides of the ball. Offensively, it's as simple as spread the ball around. Cooper Cup has had 31 points in fantasy back-to-back. Spread the ball around. Defensively, he shouldn't have got rid of so many additions. Like like Darius Williams obviously went to the Jags. He shouldn't have got rid of him. shouldn't have got rid of Vaughn Miller. Um, and you need to be more aggressive with Bobby Wagner, their new acquisition. It's just being aggressive and spreading the ball around with the Rams. And I think if they do that, that's simple success, and they can start winning games like – they did last season. Thank you for reminding me that Bobby Wagner's on the Rams. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks, who laid an egg uh, last weekend mm-hmm. against the Niners. They just did not look great offensively or defensively. But one of the bright spots um, this year has been Tariq Woolen, mm-hmm. at least in the first two games. He's, he's starting to look like a lockdown corner. Yeah. Uh, what do you? What have you thought about Tariq Woolen so far, Kenji? Um, I think, I think I mentioned this last week as well. But I like that he's a ball hawk and he he's a fast corner. Mm-hmm. You know, there are many corners in this league that are not fast. There are many corners that are not fast. They just use their aggressiveness to get away with things. You know. Yeah. Like I'm not saying Jalen Ramsey's not fast. He's like he's like medium, kind of in that medium range. But why he's so great and probably the number one corner in the NFL is because he's aggressive. But I I always had high hopes for Tariq Woolen. Like I think he had a good college tape. I think, and I think that would translate in the NFL. Like, and I'm I'm totally supportive on what the Seattle Seahawks did with that pick on picking Tariq Woolen. Yeah, and in contrast to Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Um, he just hasn't looked really good at all, even in preseason. Like they were hyping him up in camp saying that Kobe Bryant has been kind of one of the more faces of that rookie class. And now has just, he's just been getting burnt. He hasn't been tackling well at all. This entire defense hasn't been tacking, tackling well at all. It it looks like the ASU defense against the MU. Yeah. And honestly, like, Tackling, like missing tackles, I think that this comes to coaching and it'll just take time. You know, Clint Hurt is this is his first year as the official defensive coordinator. So I think it's gonna it's gonna take some time. And I, I've said this since the, the beginning of the season or before the season, I should say. I think Seattle's just gonna tank and they're just gonna see like how all the players flow with one another and they're gonna play to their ability, you know. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from the rookies to the legends. 
Uh, Cam Chancellor and Sean Alexander are Hall of Fame nominees. Uh, should they be NFL Hall of Famers? And is this the right time for them to be inducted? Now, I'll start off saying that Sean Alexander is the first jersey I ever had uh, of the Seahawks. Uh, I had a visiting jersey of Sean Alexander uh, and a home jersey of Matt Hasselbeck back oh. when it was back when it was uh, Quest Field. So yeah. that, that's how old I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sean, Sean Alexander, people forget how great of a running back he was. Like yeah. everyone still remembers how great of a safety camp chancellor was. He was the leader of that Legion of Boom defense, the greatest defense of this generation, um, over allegedly, um, that you could argue. Yeah, you can argue that, all you want. Yeah, but Sean Alexander just, I feel like it's so under the radar because of guys like Adrian Peterson, um, Jamal Charles, who came after him, who were putting up these fantastic numbers and who were faster than Sean Alexander. Even Marshawn Lynch is basically a clone of Sean Alexander, and Lynch is the more remembered running back than Sean Alexander was, and Sean Alexander won a freaking MVP. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it on the spot with AP and obviously Jamal Charles. He was just under the radar, but like get, getting to the point here, like I think this is perfect timing is because Sean Alexander and Cam Chancellor, you can argue all you want, but those two guys were the care, like they carried their team to the promised land, not to the Super Bowl, but to a decent season when they were playing, you know, like Cam Chancellor, he's probably the best, he was probably the best, um, I would say second best because I like Richard Sherman more. Cam Chancellor, probably second best defensive player of the Legion of Boom, right? Sean Alexander, have Matt Hasselbeck as your quarterback. You know, he basically carried that offense, you know? And remember... Hey, don't don't talk down to Matt Hasselbeck like that. He was a solid QB. Yeah. Well, he, he was solid, but not great. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer. No, no. But he was the first franchise quarterback that Seattle ever had. Yeah, exactly. But, like, they, they carried their team. And it's like, I think without Sean Alexander in that early, early Seattle Seahawks, I don't think they would have been the same. All right, we ha- don't have much time left, so let's go down to our predictions. San Francisco ni- uh, 49ers against a struggling Denver Broncos team. Who do you got? I got San Fran, even though it's in my eye. Denver, like you said, it's struggling everywhere, so I got San Fran. I'm also going to pick San Francisco. I think Jimmy G is going to show why he should have been the starter in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that offense is going to be – I don't want to say it's going to be better, but I think it's going to – click more um denver is just looks lost nathaniel hackett just hasn't been making good decisions so i'm going to say 20 to 16 i think that's fair um next is the rams and cardinals in division matchup what do you got this is tough i'm gonna say because they're not spreading the ball around i got the arizona cardinals i think kyler murray does the same thing as he did this past week carries the offense to a victory I'm going to go differently. I'm going to say uh, L.A. Rams. Um, I think their defense is going to bounce back this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the offense is going to click more with the um, defense of the Cardinals not being as good as it was last year. So, yeah. And finally, the Atlanta Falcons versus the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Two teams tanking right now. Who do you got? I don't want to say this because I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, but – I got the Atlanta Falcons. I really like what Mar- Mariota has done this this season. 
same here. I I think when you go Falcons as well. Originally, uh, before the season, I marked this game as like, oh, this is going to be a win day. Yeah. But Falcons have looked. The Falcons' offense looked good. Yeah, they they they're kind of like under the radar a little bit. Marcus Mariota is. He, people forget how good he was. Yeah, Mary Goda. Mary Goda. Yeah. All right. Next, uh, coming up next is main quest melodies with Brendan O'Keefe. Uh, I have been Jake Brown here with Kenji Ito. This has been Best of the West. See you next time. Same time, same place.